Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word this morning. Speak to our hearts. Give us wisdom. Give us liberty. And Lord, I pray most of all you'd do an eternal work that only you could receive glory for. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach this morning on this subject on the sacredness of human life in the home. The sacredness of human life in the home. When you think about this commandment here, it's a very short commandment. The Bible says, thou shalt not kill. And in this commandment here, uh, God makes this personal. The first word of this commandment, he says thou. That tells us that God is speaking to every single one of us. This commandment is to be personal. And then this commandment is prohibited. He said thou shalt not. Now anytime God uh, says that we're not supposed to do something, anytime God prohibits us from doing something, that ought to get our attention. Amen? Uh, This is a very personal personal commandment. This is a commandment that he has prohibited. God is telling us there's something that I'm commanding you that you're not supposed to do. And then it's very plain. Thou shalt not kill. You would think America could understand that commandment tonight or this morning. You think that it would be a commandment that would be accepted by all. But as we think about this commandment this morning, there uh, is two things I want to draw to our attention uh, before the message. Number one, I want us to think about this morning uh, uh, where this commandment is given. And then I want us to think about this morning to whom uh, this commandment is mostly given to. You might say this morning, well, preacher, uh, this commandment is giving to all. And yes, but I think this commandment has to be personal to every one of us and in particular because if you and I are not careful uh, we'll think that we're not guilty of this commandment when in essence in reality uh, we are and I'll say more about that in just a moment but let me just say that in this commandment here it's very important it is not given to the government it's not given to the school system uh, but it's given in the home this morning you say well preacher What is the sacredness of human life and the home got to do with anything? Do you realize this morning the first murder that ever took place took place in the home? Took place between two brothers. It took place between a home that knew God, a home that uh, where they were taught to worship and they were taught how to worship and they were taught the right way to worship. I remind you this morning that whenever Cain uh, got angry and slew his brother Abel, it was over uh, religious issues that he took his life. Uh, uh, Cain uh, was not ignorant of the way of worship. The way of Cain, the Bible talks about in the book of Jude is a way of false worship and false religion and false gods, but it wasn't because Cain was ignorant. Uh, Adam taught them boys how to worship. He taught them when to worship, and he taught them where to worship. Amen? And Cain went against uh, uh, God's divine order of worship, and he slew his brother's life. Cain, uh, listen, was full of jealousy. He was full of pride. He was full of anger. He was full of envy, But he and he was full of murder, but he was ultimately taking his brother's life because of religious reasons. And God said to all of Israel, thou shalt not kill. You think about it this morning, America is in great trouble, our homes are, because they no longer value the value of life. 
They no longer think about the sanctity of human life. When you think about the TV and internet and video games and all kinds of videos that are pumped into the minds of our young people today, what they live over and over, day after day, hour after hour, I listen to all the blood and all the gore of taking life in a fantasy scene and in a fantasy world. No wonder they don't think twice about pulling the trigger or breaking in someone's home and stabbing them in the middle of the night. They've lived it all through their teenage years. Uh, They've done it over and over for every day. And so what was once a figma of their imagination is now uh, played out in a reality in their life. Uh, And who is to blame for that? I'd say the moms and the dads, uh, uh, not just the school system, not just the, uh, listen, the evolution system that's being taught uh, uh, in the public schools. But I tell you, it starts in the home, friend. Uh, If our children and our grandchildren are ever going to learn to value life, uh, they're going to have to learn about the sanctity of life within the walls of our home. Amen. I saw a statistic a few weeks ago and I wrote it down that read that out of 250 films that were shown on TV, I don't know if this was in a week's time or a month's time, it said that if you took those 250 shows and or films and you broke them down, he said, it said that there was 97 cases of murder 51 acts of adultery, 19 seductions, 22 abductions, 45 suicides, 176 deaths, 25 prostitutes, and 35 drunkards. This is after the censor board eliminated 1,811 cases of assault with the intent to kill, 31 cases of hangings, 757 immoral acts on women and 929 scenes of nudity. No wonder, no wonder this this morning that the average age for crime today is 14 in America. We are in a mess today. And the hope starts within our homes. Thou shalt not kill. The Bible tells us there's four ways to kill. We can kill with our hand. We can kill with our heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 21, you've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a call shall be in danger of judgment. Jesus uh, takes it to a different level, and he talks about the intent, not just to kill with a hand, but the intent to kill with a heart. And then we can kill by proxy. In other words, you may not pull the trigger, uh, but you uh, set it up. You, uh, you, you send it down the line, amen? Uh, but nevertheless, uh, that man gets behind the, uh, the wheel of an automobile and he's uh, under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Uh, he has smoked too much pot, too much mar- uh, listen, taken too much heroin uh, and he starts down the road uh, and he takes that person's life. Uh, he may not have taken it with the intent to kill them, uh, uh, but he took it nevertheless because of negative Amen. He took it because uh, uh, he did not value that individual's life. And while I'm on the subject, Christians don't drink. Somebody say amen to that. 
There's no such thing uh, as social drinking in the eyes of God. Amen. And uh, it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, listen. It's not. I'm an alcoholic. It's drunkenness. That's what the Bible has to say about that. And we ought to still preach against that. Amen. I know Christmas time is coming up. Uh, and uh, listen, businesses. I don't reckon they will this year. Thank God. Somebody say, man. Uh, but they have Christmas parties, uh, and they want to uh, share a glass of wine or champagne, uh, or they want to give you a, a bottle of wine as a token of appreciation. You know what you're to do as a Christian? You're to say no thank you. Amen? Uh, uh, listen, you're to take a stand uh, because Christians don't drink alcohol. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? So we think about that. By consent, Paul had papers from the government to kill Christians. But the government is not God this morning. And God makes it very clear in this verse that we as his people ought to value and listen, the sanctity of human life has to first begin uh, in the home. Uh, you say, but preacher, I may be guilty of a lot of commandments. I may be guilty of not keeping the, or not taking the Lord's day, not the Sabbath, but the Lord's day, and not really making it a special day. I may be guilty this morning uh, of, listen, of covetousness. I may be guilty this morning uh, of taking the Lord's name in vain, uh, uh, but there's one commandment that I'm not guilty of this morning, uh, and that's killing. I, I'm not a murderer. I, I've never killed anybody with my hands. I've not even killed somebody with my heart. I've not hated anyone. Or maybe you're here and you say, listen, I've never sought by proxy to take somebody's life. But I want to remind you this morning that we're all murderers in the eyes of God and outside the grace of God because the most important and the most innocent man that ever walked the face of God's earth 2,000 years ago, he was killed. The Bible said in 1 Thessalonians chapter number two, talking about the Jews that they killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets but can I tell you what put Jesus on the cross was more than just the nation of Israel it was my sin it was your sin we're as guilty of murder in the first degree as anyone else but oh for the grace and the mercy of God and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ you see the ten commandments is to teach us that we are guilty of the law this morning but thank God there's hope there's hope this morning. Have you ever saw yourself a murderer? Have you ever saw yourself as a killer this morning? I'm so glad that God saves old sinners. I'm glad as the song sung this morning, he looked beyond my fault and he saw my need, amen. I'm glad this morning I'm not just guilty of one commandment. If we offend in one, we offend in all, but I'm guilty of all 10 this morning. I'm glad Jesus loves murderers. I'm glad he'll rescue a murderer. I'm glad he'll save a sinner, amen. You see, we're just as wicked. We're just as vile this morning, but God's grace and God's mercy, it'll forgive you of your murdering spirit this morning. Thank God there's hope. What does this verse teach us this morning? Four things and I'll be done this morning. Number one, it teaches us that life is precious. Thou shalt not kill teaches us this morning 
that life is precious. And I want to say life is precious because of the source of that life this morning. The source of all life is God. It was God that breathed into Adam the breath of life. Adam lay there and God had formed him out of the dust of the ground. And Adam had clay eyes and he had a clay heart and he had clay lungs and he had clay organs and he had clay arms. Adam was nothing more than just a body of clay, just a lump of dirt. But what brought life into Adam was not the material that God took out of this this world, but it was the breath of Almighty God when he leaned into Adam and he breathed into Adam. Adam had a body, but all of a sudden Adam had a soul and Adam had a spirit. Why? Because God is the source of life this morning. I'll tell you, if you're lost this morning, you ought to thank God for the life you have right now. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ, you ought to get saved because God has given you the greatest gift that could ever be given and that's life and the source of that life is not man. Man is not sufficient within himself uh, uh, but my friend, the source of that life is almighty God. God put that breath in your body. God gave you that opportunity to to live uh, and the source of that life uh, and the substance of that life uh, is that we exist. Uh, I wanna say this morning, I wanna say I'm glad I'm alive, amen. I'm glad I'm amongst the living I'm glad I can raise my hand and say thank God I have my life and in him we move and we live and we breathe and we have our being. God is the source of life and he's the substance of all life this morning. This morning, isn't it a privilege to just be alive? You take that piano this morning, it's nothing more than an object. There's no life in it. You take these flowers, don't they look good? You know why they look so good? There ain't no life in them. <laughs> we take care of them, they'll look the same next year and the year after that. There's no life, they're artificial. This morning, you're not artificial. There's life inside of you. You're existing, amen. Don't ever get up and and just get up and say, well, I I just wanna go back to bed. I just don't, listen, we ought to never have, we ought to thank God for every day that we live on this earth. Uh, We ought to thank God that God allowed us to be born, amen. America has murdered over 62 million babies uh, uh, since uh, uh, Roe versus Wade uh, and the blood uh, of those children and those infants, I mean, those babies uh, are on the hands of doctors and politicians uh, and people my friend uh, uh, that have passed those bills and legalized murder in this nation uh, uh, but at the same time can I tell you this morning uh, uh, listen with 62 million uh, that have been slaughtered in this nation uh, and over a million 1.3 million a year are murdered in America you ought to thank God you have life Uh, you ought to thank God you're sitting on a church pew Uh, thank God you're existing this morning and then not only the Life is precious because of the source and the substance of life, but what about the saving of life? You know, God is interested in saving life this morning. He's not into destroying life. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. God is not out to destroy your life. He's out to save your life. 
God wants you to have more than physical life. There's spiritual life. There's eternal life. God wants you to have that eternal life. You're dead. You say, but preacher, you just said I'm alive. If you're lost, you're alive physically, but you're dead spiritually. Your spirit died. When Adam sinned in the garden, listen, he began to die. Listen, his spirit died immediately. His soul died progressively, and his body died eventually. 960-something years Adam lived and he died the Bible says listen Adam's spirit died but I'll tell you whenever a sinner gets saved that spirit is justified immediately that soul is sanctified progressively and that body is going to be glorified ultimately one day we shall rise we shall rise in that great resurrection morning thank God we'll come out of the tombs listen the grave our soul and our spirit we're going to rise in that glorified body. Hallelujah. Won't that be wonderful? You ladies ought to shout on that because you won't have a wrinkle on resurrection day. You'll never have to go to the beauty shop again, the paint and body shop's what I call it, amen. You'll never have to put on mascara. I mean, you ought to shout for that. You'll never have to pluck anything again, amen. Uh, thank God you won't ever have to, listen, you won't ever have to paint up. Uh, you won't ever have to put no lipstick on. Uh, uh, listen, you won't ever have to, uh, you say, preacher, are you against that? I'm against it on them young barns, amen. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you, listen, uh, I've seen a few barns that would have looked pretty good with a coat of paint on it, amen. Uh, uh, but I'm just simply telling you this morning, uh, uh, listen, you're gonna get a body one day. Uh, it's never gonna wrinkle. It's never gonna grow old. Uh, it'll never have a paint. Uh, It'll never have a heartache. It'll never suffer. It'll never have a stiff joint. It'll never have a fear. It'll never have a worry. It'll never have a question. On that resurrection morning, thank God our life is precious. He'll save our body on that day. I tell you, if I wasn't saved this morning, I'd get saved now. The devil's out to kill you, friend, and life is precious. Then I want to say this morning, this verse teaches us that life is passing. The ability, the fact that man has the ability to take another man's life ought to teach every one of us that life can so easily be gone. James chapter four says, what is your life? It's but a vapor that appeared for a little while and then it vanisheth away. Life is here today and gone tomorrow. If man at his very best is just a fleeting shadow, living this life to live to be a hundred years old is just a just a, a noise uh, in a busy day on the side of the street that it just echoes for a moment and then it is forever gone in eternity. That's what life is. Uh, I want to tell you young person this morning, you hear me and hear me well. Uh, listen, you're going to blink a couple times and turn around and you're going to say, where's the years gone? Uh, Why, well, just yesterday uh, I was at home and I was strong and I was young uh, but as the old song says, uh, time has made a change in me. Uh, I used to hear that song and I think, uh, well I don't think a whole lot about running the hillsides and playing all day long. I don't get a whole lot out of that. Uh, but the older you get, uh, uh, the steeper those hills begin to look. Uh, but I got good news for every one of us. Uh, there's coming a springtime again in glory. Amen. Uh, there's coming a day thank God. Uh, life is just passing. Uh, we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through. Uh, and one of these days, thank God, uh, we're going to be just like Brother Roach. Uh, and we're going to be just like Brother uh, Brother. 
barns. We're going to outstrip the devil. We're going to outstrip this world. We're going to draw our final breath down here, but we're going to take our first breath over yonder, and it'll be life forever and ever and ever as a million years go by. Don't live for today. Live for eternity because life is passing. Proverbs 27 and verse one says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. A young man that I went to school with, played ball with for seven years. His father was the coach of our team for most of those years. I'm talking about from little league all the way up. Lived in this area, went to the gym one afternoon after work, as he left the gym, he started down the road. A gentleman cut him off right over here on Brainerd Road, 27, 28 years old. He flashed his lights at that gentleman. They came to the, to the stop sign right there, the red light right there as you begin to cross over 24 from Brainerd Road. That gentleman got out of his vehicle, took a gun out of the glove department, walked up to his car, before he could roll his window up, stuck that pistol in his chest and blew him into eternity. All because he flashed his lights at him for cutting him off. You never know when your life's going to be gone. If you're here this morning, you're lost, you need to get saved now, today, right now. I'm telling you, I know of a family that went to church, loved God, loved Jesus, a man and his wife, and had three precious children. Went to church one Sunday, worshiped. The father testified, had a good day in the house of God that morning, got in their car, started to home to eat Sunday dinner, and a tractor trailer crossed an intersection without stopping, hit that car, T-boned it, and by the grace of God, those children survived. But mom and dad both went out into eternity. You never know what a day may bring forth. Life is passing. Not only does it teach us that life is precious, life is passing, but thirdly, it teaches us that life is to be protected. This morning, we must stand up for life. While in New Hampshire this week, I was driving down the road. I've seen a bunch of people standing on the street corner. They were holding up signs, and we passed an abortion clinic. Thank God there were some people standing out there standing against abortion. It's still murder. Can I get an Amen. I want to tell you this morning, I don't care. Uh, listen, what this, uh, I don't care what Congress says. I don't care what the Supreme Court says this morning. I'm not a rebel, but I believe God's law oversees any law of this land. And I don't care. Listen, it doesn't matter to me if it's Democrat, Republican, or whoever. I don't care what they say this morning. Uh, there'll not be one death, uh, uh, listen, of one baby that's ever been murdered uh, in the womb of a mother. Uh, my friend, that'll go unnoticed in the eyes of God. Uh, they've took and taken those wombs and turned them into tombs, uh, and God will hold them responsible. Uh, for every single one. Uh, and you can't tell me that the judgment of God is not upon America today uh, for the slaughter of the innocent. And we as Christians, it's not time to be silent. It's not time to roll over. You say, Brother Gravely, you may not be able to preach like that in 2021. Uh, I'll tell you, listen, I'm gonna preach the same way I've always preached. Uh, if it hair lips all of hell, uh, because it is the word of God, uh, and we ought to say amen to it, uh, no matter what the cost is, amen. You know, it's amazing that every politician that believes in murder, they believe in it and they vote for it, but they're all, they all have breath. I wonder if they was unborn, if they would still be in favor 
I want to say this morning, life is to be protected. The Bible does not condemn all killing, does it? For if you think about it, it does not condemn the, condemning, uh, the killing of animals for food and for, for useful purposes. It does not condemn uh, capital punishment in the Old Testament. We read about it. And in the book of Romans, we read about it. Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 6, we read about it. God does not condemn capital punishment. God does not condemn, uh, listen, self-defense. God does not condemn going to war. Uh, Listen, David was a worshiper, but David was a warrior, amen? David was a countryman, and David was a Christian, amen? Uh, uh, David had a harp in one hand, uh, but he kept a sword in the other hand, uh, and he could use both of them very skillfully, amen? And when Jesus rebuked Peter, he did not rebuke Peter for having a sword. He just rebuked him for misusing that sword sword, amen, and you and I have a moral and we have a civil uh, responsibility and obligation uh, to protect our home, Uh, that means I don't want to kill nobody, that means I'm not seeking to kill nobody, that means I don't make a, listen, I don't take taking uh, killing somebody lightly, but if somebody broke in my house tonight, you better believe I'm going to shoot first uh, and ask questions later, amen, because we have a responsibility. And let me just take two minutes because you're as sick of politics as I am. But let me take two minutes and say one thing. If our forefathers was breathing, they'd already stormed the doors of Congress. They'd already stood up. You say, I don't like that kind of preaching. Doesn't make no difference. Amen. It's still right. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. I believe the vi- this virus is real, but I want to stop and say it makes my blood boil when I see governors and senators misusing their authority, misusing what the American people have given them uh, and trying to take away our civil rights, uh, trying to take away our religious rights. Uh, and no, God doesn't say, well, we're to, we're, to, uh, we're to be subject to the powers that, that are damned they be of God. And I believe every bit of that. But that doesn't mean roll over and play dead. Amen? Uh, that means, listen, we ought to take a stand. Uh, that means my friend, we ought to stand up for this country and stand up for what's right. Amen. While I was in New Hampshire this week, the governor of New Hampshire made a law that a mandate that even if you're at home in your house, you're to wear a mask. The next morning, they they made that mandate. They made a mandate. He said in that same mandate, he said that that uh, The people of New Hampshire are to have no more than 10 people over for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be honest with you, and I may get in trouble here. I believe in, hey, I don't believe in throwing caution to the wind, neither. Somebody say amen. Stay home if you're sick. I'm only going to say that during a pandemic. I don't believe in being foolish. I believe in keeping distance, amen. You can tell we're doing it today, can't you? But I believe in that. I believe in practicing that. I believe in, I, think, I don't think we ought to be foolish. But my problem is, is them taking too much liberty to tell somebody what they can do in their house, to tell them what they can do with their family. Hey, this is still America. It's still the red, white, and blue. Am I right about that? 
and it ought to upset you. Amen. Uh, listen, I think, uh, uh, listen, we ought to use every precaution that we should use. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, listen, they're just trying to tighten the screws. Uh, they're just trying to test the waters. Uh, and you know what they ought to get uh, is a backlash and a pushback. Uh, when it comes to safety, I say amen. But when it comes to our rights as Americans, I tell you, we ought to stand up for what's right. Amen. I'll tell you why I make that statement. We're not singing in the choir. You know why? Because I think that would be foolish. You say, well, I don't think it is. Well, you're not responsible. All you have to have is an opinion. I have to give an account. So it's easy to sit where you're sitting and say, well, I think we ought to just have a choir singing. Well, if we do next Sunday and 30 people get it, guess what? You don't have to take the phone calls. All you have to have is your same opinion. So I believe it. But I'm going to tell you, when they tell us we can't sing in the choir, when they tell us we can't sing, I have a problem with that. We as a body decide what we ought to do. Amen. I know I hit a stump, so let me just back up and run slap over it again. Brother, we ought to... Listen, it's not about the virus. It's about liberty. It's about freedom, amen. And thank God for those that are doing the right thing. But don't tell me I gotta wear a mask in my house. If I put one on because I choose to, then that's my business. Somebody say amen. And there are situations where people have to. If you're with a cancer patient, patient, sure, it would just make sense to wear a mask in your house. But I don't need the government to tell me how many relatives can come over for Thanksgiving. Thank Thank you, thank you, and thank you this morning. Amen. Well, that's out of my system. I won't say nothing till Christmas, okay? Life's to be protected. Then let me close with this. Life is to be preserved. I want to tell you this morning, you and I didn't give life, so we can't preserve it within ourselves. But I'll tell you how we can preserve life. By preaching the gospel to sinners. There's physical life. Sinner, you need more than physical life. You need spiritual life. Spiritual life gives you eternal life. And this morning, thou shalt not kill. The responsibility of every Christian is to rescue them before the devil kills them. Preach the gospel. Witness to them. Pass out tracts. I know we're not out to kill nobody, but there is one. Wants to drag every soul to hell he can. If he can kill them physically before they can have spiritual life, he knows that they are damned, they are doomed for all of eternity. How can we preserve life? We can preserve life by preaching the gospel and bringing others to Jesus Christ. And I want to say this, don't. There's a lot of things you can kill. When thou shalt not kill, I know that in reference it's talking about life. We're talking about also the home, mom and dad. Don't kill the life in your home. Don't take the life out of your children. I've seen a lot of parents kill their kids spiritually. Oh, they never put a gun to their head, but just the same. They put all kinds of wickedness in their hand. They had no rules. They had no regulations. They talked about the church. They talked about the man of God, and they reaped the results. You can kill the love between a husband and wife. 
You can be so brutal. You can be so, so hard-hearted, so, uh, so lack of compassion and always right and never wrong and never saying you're sorry that your spouse despises the day they walked down the aisle and married you. You kill the joy in your home. It could be a place that the home's a happy home until daddy comes home. Rules with an iron fist. That's not God's intention. It's not leadership neither. Kill the joy. You know it. If you ever look at your child's face or your wife's face and the moment they see you, their countenance changes. It ought to convict you. Kill the happiness. Kill the memories. You can live in such a disgraceful way that every good memory they ever had is erased. Cheat on your wife. Forsake your children. You kill the hope, the blessing, the assurance. You know, God puts a man in the home to give assurance to that home. Security. The peace. I want to say this morning in closing to parents today, if you want to keep the sanctity of human life in your home, then you need to pray for your children's safety every day. From zero to six, pray for their safety. Make an early commitment that you'll not allow your children to absorb hours of violence on TV, the internet, and video games. Remind your children about the gift of life often and how precious and how passing it is. From 7 to 12, make it a family rule that no one goes to bed angry. Problems have to be solved before we peel our head. Teach your children the link between anger and violence and the danger of it. Warn your children about deadly sin of holding grudges, not speaking to a family member, waiting to get revenge, or always needing to have to have the last word, or bringing up the past. Because God doesn't bring up your past. From 13 plus, help your teenager to understand that abortion is murder. Help them be strong in their belief about the sanctity of life. Explain the difference between the sixth commandment and capital punishment. Teach them to love and respect the elderly and value their wisdom. God has always put older people in our path. Charles Roach, I'll say this in the funeral, God willing, but I want to say it this morning. Charles Roach was not a, Brother Charles Roach was not a preacher but he taught me more about how to run the finances of the church than I ever learned at Bible college. He taught me so many things, the wisdom, the gray hairs. I thought about that. I thought about Brother Cape. Told me one time, he said, always take a hard stand, but he said, don't ever preach yourself in a corner. The, the value of elderly. We, sometimes we live in a society that wants to push them aside. Stick them in a nursing home when they don't need to be. Or put them in a nursing home and just let them die. That's, that's, that's the Democrats' philosophy. I'm going to tell you something. There's wisdom walking down the halls of a nursing home that you'll never get anywhere else. Being around them. They may have forgotten a lot, but they still know more than most of us have ever learned in a lifetime. Built factories, fought wars, seen great days of revival. Concerning your spouse, pray for their safety and health every day. Thank God for each other. Pray together. Thank God for every day that you have your spouse here on earth. Pray for their physical but also their spiritual life. You ought to pray for your spouse to grow in the grace of God and to be spirit-filled to make sure, make sure they know that they're saved. Spend quality time with them. A cup of coffee in the morning or take them out, to, take them out for 
supper or something. You know, me and my wife have coffee just about every morning. I, I told her, I said, I think that means we're getting older. But I, it's a time when there's no phones ringing. There's nothing going on up and down the street. It's just a time we sit there and we just talk to each other. We do devotions. God will bless you for that. Make a commitment to never go to bed mad at your spouse. Always resolve your issues and pray together. Don't always have to have the last word. You say, what's that got to do with the sanctity of life? Because you may have the last word before bed and you might even be right. And they may be dead in the morning. I, it was a, it's a great day when you realize you don't have to have the last word. Just make it right. You don't have to always be right. Just make it right. God will bless you for it as we stand this morning. This invitation is very simple. Our heads are about, eyes are closed. It's very simple this morning. I want you to think about the people in your life. I want you to think about the people that God's put in your life. Think about those that have gone on. Your mom, your dad, maybe it's a brother, sister, I don't know. Don't you thank God for the people that God put in your life. They're gone now, but you'll see them again. And then think about the people that's in your life right now surrounding you, the people in this church, church members, family members, your wife, your husband, your children, your mom, your dad. Where would we be without them? Those are gifts. Gifts from a sovereign God. Put people in your past, surrounded them around you to make you a better person, to bring joy, to bring happiness in your life that you'd have never known had God not gave them to you, value them. Don't be precious. Never take them for granted. Never let a day go by that you don't tell them you love them. Never let a day go by that you don't grab them by the hand and say, I'm praying for you. Make every day count as if it would be your last. This morning as they play, we'll just have a moment of, of instruments. Brian, just stay here. We may sing a verse, but for right now, let's just let them play. And if you need to come, maybe you need to take someone by the hand and just come pray together. Maybe you need to come yourself. I don't know. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, maybe you need to come pray for someone that's wayward, some prodigal son, daughter, some parent. Or maybe you just want to come and say, God, thank you. Thank you for my mom, my dad. Thank you for my, thank you for my wife, my children. Thank you for a good, hardworking man. Lord, forgive me for the times I've just taken it for granted. Thank you, Lord, for being good to me. That's right. If you need to come, you don't have to come. You're not obligated this morning. But if God speaks to you and you feel like you ought to come, I want you to come this morning. I want you to come. That family, that all surrounds us. How blessed we are to have them. Every day, we're so blessed. The sanctity of human life is so precious.